and I are anointed to deliver that word. They're anointed to receive that word. And not one more person will walk out of here today the same way that they came in. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. Love on one or two people. Just let them know you're glad to see them, and then you can be seated. Just tell them it's good to see you. Then you can be seated. All right, praise God. We have an assignment today from God the Father. We are in day seven of the fast, and as I prayed, I want to encourage you. If you have not gotten involved, it is not too late. I'm telling you something about a corporate anointing that is on a church for those that obey doing high seasons of intense prayer like this, that God can do some special things in your life, okay? Today's service focus is breaking habits and emotional strongholds. Breaking habits and emotional strongholds. And as I studied this last night, it was in my spirit last night. I woke up this morning, asked my wife to come up and, and minister with me. We really, you know, we're really close uh, as a couple, so we don't really need to study together or do anything like that. She's pretty much uh, has information in her. I have information in us. We can kind of step into these uh, environments and just begin to deliver, and we'll do just that on today. And so today we're going to look at pre- breaking habits <clears throat> and emotional strongholds. You'll find that the beginning of every year brings promise of change and resolutions designed to cause you to have a better year. How many of y'all have set resolutions for this year? New, well, goals. We'll call them goals. How many of y'all have set goals for this year? Not New Year's resolutions. How many of y'all have set goals for this year? Well, we do this every year, and we go through this uh, process every year because we want to become better people. We want to have a fresh start, have a clean state, slate and then create the right environment to break old habits and create new ones. We usually go through some type of process where we look at what we didn't do well last year, what we didn't accomplish last year, and we say, let's break that and accomplish that uh, in this upcoming year. And I believe there's no better time than now to resolve to break all the addictive habits and patterns in your life A lot of times when people think of addictions, we think of all the big stuff, right? We think of alcohol, drug abuse, sexual sins. We think of that kind of stuff. But I want to add something to that, and I want us to think about habits and addictions in another light as well. Addictions can come from different forms. Many Christians today, and I'm not talking about the world, I'm really ministering to Christians. They're struggling with addictive habits and strongholds in their lives and they become frustrated through the process. I have good news for you all today, though. Everyone in here has been freed, and you can live in that freedom for the rest of your life. That's right. Let me try that one more time. Everyone in this room has been freed, and you can live in that freedom for the rest of your life. All you have to have is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6, and let's look at that as an opening text today. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6. I'll read out of the Amplified just to save a little time, uh, and the definitions that I'll give in a moment will go up on the screen. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 6 says, Rather is not this the fast that I have chosen. How many know when you're fasting, you should get benefits from fasting? Right? Since it's not this the fast that I've chosen, to loose the bonds of wickedness, 
to undo the bands of the yoke, amplify, to let the oppressed go free, and watch this, and that you break every enslaving yoke, every single one of them. You can literally come out of a fast and be free from everything that entangles you, especially if you go in focus. And so you might have heard me say in the intro, we think of the big things, sexual sins, drug addictions. But how many know wrong thinking is a, a, an addiction? The number one addiction in America is food. Right? Right? And then food leads to destructive behaviors, right? Right? And then it also leads to sickness and disease, uh, hypertension, high blood pressure. All kind of different things Diabetes. come along with that. Diabetes. All kind of other things come along with that. So I don't want us to just lock into uh, sex, drugs, and alcohol. Because most of us, if not all of us, are already free from that. I better get a real strong amen on that one right there. See, Scripture tells us to sow into the flesh reaps what? Flesh. Corruption. But to sow into the spirit, you reap what? Life everlasting. So anything that you overindulge in to yeah. satiate and satisfy the flesh leads to corruption, i.e. death. That's good. Excellent. Whatever Excellent. that can be. That could be Facebook, social media. That mm -hmm. could be television. Mm -hmm. Good. Food, yeah. sugar, not just food. Some people just want to eat sugar all day long. <laughs> There's days we just want to eat cake all day long. You think about it. It has some wheat in there by way of the flour. It has some <laughs> eggs in there. It has. So it's healthy, huh? <laughs> all right, let me give you all some definitions today. Webster's defines addiction and these terms are interchangeable, addiction and habits, okay? Web Webster's defines addiction, this will go up on the screen, as a behavior in which someone chooses to obsessively or habitually surrender to something. Addictions can take on the form of an abusive way of thinking, speaking, or acting. Stronghold, by definition. Three different ones up there. In the Greek, it means a hard place. How many of y'all are willing to be honest that you'll say, there's some areas in my life that are difficult for me to overcome? That's a stronghold. It refers to a place on the battlefield that is an entrenchment or a fortress. So when you think about military people, an entrenchment is a hole that you dig so that you can get down in to protect yourself from the enemy's shots. The problem is with a stronghold, we dig the ditch and we put ourselves in it. A fortress is a big wall that is built up so that when weapons are and ammunition is fired at you, it's to protect you from it. The problem with a strong is we build these walls up and we put ourselves in the prison of them. Also, it's any place that is a fixed set of ideas, a mindset, thoughts, and behavior in conflict with revealed truth, you can suspect a stronghold. So in other words, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I can't stop doing it anyway. How many know that's a stronghold? I said I'll never do this again, but I do it again and again and again and again. That is a stronghold. So now, 
Addictions are the results, and I want you to get this in your spirit. You'll want to listen to sound, Kyle, listen to this over and over, but get as much of this as you can in your notes. Addictions are the results of thoughts that go unchecked by the Word of God. You know, if you just let thoughts run through your head, we all think some crazy stuff all day. Am I the only one in here? All kind of thoughts go through my head. People say I'm hearing voices. We're all hearing voices. It's what do you do with the thoughts and the voices that matters. Every outcome you experience in life follows a sequence that begins with words that leads the thoughts, which is why the company you keep is so vitally important. Where are you getting your information from? Who are you listening to? Because those words are going to form thoughts. Then those thoughts are going to form feelings. And how many know once you start feeling a certain way about something, usually it's going to lead to, to some action, right? Or, or a decision, a decision, I guess I should say. And then once you make a decision, then you're going to make a uh, determinant action, right? Then once you determine an action, you're going to form a habit. And a habit is something that you repeatedly do over and over and over again, good or bad. How many know we have good habits? And we have bad habits. So, so what you're saying then basically is that when you have a, dealing with a stronghold, when you're dealing with these entrenchments and these for, fortresses that amount against you, in your thinking, you can convince yourself that you are in control, though you're not in control. Exactly. And you can convince yourself that this is not all bad. Mm-hmm. And you can convince yourself that at any time you need to stop, you'll stop. But then you can also convince yourself that, that this situation, let's say uh, you're good as long as you don't get caught. Those are those closet behaviors. Mm. That, that, that pornography mm. on the screen that lion that you work hard to keep up with, that, that, that uh, gossiping that we think is just a matter of sharing information for the purpose of prayer. That's Can good. we be real That's now? Good. Come on. That's good. We've all been there, haven't we? Everyone. Yep. It's excellent. Now, listen. So if you find there's an area of your life that seems to be out of control, it's, an, it's important. Listen to this very carefully. It's important that you locate the words that you've been listening to. Either your own or people are putting this stuff in your head. Thanks. There were people that I was great, out great relationship with until somebody put something in their head. That's right. That's right. You know, Second, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, if, And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. That's good. That's good. So you want to pay attention to who's talking to you. And where is that information trying to lead you? Your choice of girlfriends and who you hang out with and all of this is important. Listen to this. If you don't deal with the critical area of your thought life, you will remain in bondage to addictive behaviors. 
which starts right there, okay? Now, we've got three points today, and then we're going to spend some time in this service praying over these areas, okay? So we're going to go over three quick points, and then we're going to spend some time in this service praying. Point number one, one of the most effective ways to deal with negative thinking, the Word of God must be the final authority, okay? The Word of God must be the final authority. If it's not the final authority, then what is? All right? Now, go with me to Romans chapter 1. The Word of God must become your final authority. You have to find out what God says in His Word and then make a quality decision to align your words and thoughts with His. Then you'll be able to recognize opposing thoughts and suggestions and this is the first step towards your freedom. So can you imagine the enemy puts thoughts in your head? If you don't know what God's Word says, then you don't have anything to be the final authority over what was said. All right, Romans chapter 1, let's look at this, beginning at verse 16. Right away, you'll see here, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel is good news about the anointed one and his anointed, Jesus Christ. It's good news, folks. And how many know we don't have any need to be ashamed of it? We need to be proud of this book right here, folks. We need to share this book with other people. We need to live this book. This needs to be our best friend. There needs to be no shame in where we get our information from, how we live our lives, and the reason why we have all the victory that we have. We cannot live our lives ashamed of such good news. It says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. Power there is dunamis, which means force, miraculous ability. So notice, the Word of God is the power of God. It is the force of God. It has miraculous ability in and of itself. Folks, it can break any destructive pattern in your life if you'll believe it and act on it and apply it to your life. You'll find that there's nothing you're dealing with right now that this Word does not have enough force and ability in it to overcome it. And I'm telling you, spiritually, you've already overcome it. It's just now the natural side is you've got to find out what He said, believe what He said, then have enough boldness to do it and watch all the power be made available to you to walk free from whatever you may be That's going. right. He says the, the number one commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, and all thy strength, he later on says. And when you love him, then he says, take on my burdens. Yeah. Because they're easy. Take right. on my yoke. Yeah. Because it's light. Yeah. In other words, when you exchange your 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 morality, when you exchange your issues, when you exchange your thought process, because after all, repentance is, is literally 180 degrees, yeah. changing how you think. Yeah. And when the word is the final authority, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we do what we want to do. That's right. That's right. And if you're obeying the commandment to love him more than anything, yeah. and to love him is to obey his word. Yes. Then at the end of the day, I want to obey. I want to please. I want to admonish. I want to walk in the victory that he has provided me. I want those promises. I yeah. want everlasting life. Yeah. And when I, when I get that in my thinking, then I want to do what is right. Yeah. Yeah. When you really think about it, when you took that first sip of Hennessy. Ooh. 
when you first hit that, 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 I don't even know what they call it these days, but when you first hit that, you know what that is. It tasted nasty. It felt crazy. It wasn't anything good about it. That's right. When you, you introduced the pure to the impure. That's right. It didn't taste good. That's right. Otherwise, you wouldn't need a chaser. Hold on. What you know about a chaser? But what did you keep doing? You kept reintroducing it into your behavior. Right. You kept reintroducing it into your social circles. So yeah. every time you did something, yeah. this became a requirement. Right. But then a bad habit does nothing but what? Get Seeks hurt. out another bad habit. Right. So if the word is not the final authority, and you have not said, I just want to please God, right. then you're going to do what you want to do. That's right. That's right. And in your thinking, I would encourage you to just admit and, and own what you want. That's right. Yeah. If the chocolate cake is more important than 10 pounds, doggone it, just say it. <laughs> but guess what? Up. The more you say it, the more crazy you realize you sound. Yeah. And the more crazy you realize your thinking is. That's right. That's excellent. Excellent. Make a decision today, folks. The word's going to have final authority in my situation. You should make that decision before you leave this building today. The word of God will have final authority every area of my life. Look what he goes on to say here. For it is the power of God to salvation. That word salvation there means deliverance. So if I'm not ashamed of the word, how many know it has enough power in it to deliver me from any situation in my life? But notice, not just to anyone it says, to everyone who believes. So everyone. it's not just automatic, folks. How do I know I believe it? Because I live it. If I don't live it, I don't believe it. Right? If I only confess it and never do it, how I many know I don't believe it? That's why James said, be ye not just hearers of the word, but the doers, doers of, of the, the word. word. Because when you do it, you'll be blessed by what you do, not just by what you say. Right? And when the two of those agree, what I say and what I do, I mean, I now have integrity and all of heaven backs me up to make sure I get the victory in every area of my life. Go with me to uh, John chapter 8. Let's look at one more. John chapter 8. Didn't James also say an unstable man, is a, 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 a wavering man is unstable in all, all his, ways. his ways? Let not that man think, think he should receive anything. Get from anything. The Lord going back and two forth. Two minds, two spirited. Being tossed to and fro like the, like the wind and the waves of the sea. Saturday night in the club, Sunday in church. <laughs> John chapter 8. Notice what Jesus had to say about this in verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, said, if you abide in my word, if you live in, settle down in, and take up residence in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Notice, folks, the truth by itself does not make you free. It's only the truth that you know, not the truth that I know. It's the truth that you know, right, that will make you free. So thank God for Pastor Gregory. Thank God for Minister Trish. Thank God for what we know, but what do you know? And so if I'm not free in an area of my life, 
How many of you know I probably don't have the right information about that area of my life? Or I do have it and I made a decision not to obey it. So now it's become a stronghold and a bad habit in my life. Look at what he goes on to say. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and haven't been in bondage to anyone. They understood that. How can you say you will be made free? And this is where a lot of us live. And I want to take a, a minute here to elaborate on this for a moment. Notice they said, we're not in bondage to anyone. But when you see how Jesus answered this, they were definitely in bondage. And so a lot of times, this is how we live our lives. I'm good. But are you really good? I love Jesus, but I live with someone that I'm not married to. Come on, somebody. Let's just talk about right where we're living at. So what I'm saying and what I'm actually doing is not agreeing with each other. Right? I still have destructive behaviors and lifestyles that's not consistent with what I actually just said. They said the right thing. We're not in bondage to anyone. But Jesus answered this very interestingly here. Watch what he said. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Why would he answer it that way if they weren't in bondage to sin? Right? So now he's not talking about making a mistake here. He's talking about somebody who habitually practices something. Right? So he says here, and a slave does not abide in the house forever. So how many of you know that throws out the once saved, always saved doctrine? Again, another witness, right? Because he's talking about eternal life here, right? But he's saying someone who practices this cannot abide in the house forever, right? But the son abides forever. Watch this. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you are free indeed. You know what? And that begs to know and understand what did Jesus mean when he says no. When you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. And I just looked up the Greek, the Greek word for no there, and it's this word called genosko, G-I-N-O-S-K-O, genosko. And basically what it means is a prolonged version of the word knowledge, to have dwelt in it, to have dug deep into it, to allow it to be a force in your life, to be constantly aware of it, to allow it to control your feelings and to make itself known to you and for you to make yourself known to it, to proceed and to be resolved within that truth, being able to speak it out of your own mouth and be sure to understand its meaning, its depth, its fortitude, and its power. That's good. So to know the truth, because a lot of it, I know people, you and I both know cats that can go around and spit the whole Bible. Quoted frontwards and backwards. They can quote scripture left. I'm impressed. Doggone, you say something. That reminds me of Proverbs chapter, da 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 But have no power of that word resonating within them. They don't live anything. We've seen preachers from times long gone whereby they would sit up here and they would preach a powerful word. And leave out and go straight to their stronghold, their addiction. So the truth that you know that will set you free is not just saying it over and over again and up here. Right. You got to say it to the point where it drops down into your very existence. That's good. Excellent. Excellent. Let's go to number two. Number two, the next step in breaking addictions is to use the word of God as a weapon. How many know the word of God is a weapon? You've got to learn how to use it as a weapon against all negative thoughts, all right? Watch this. The Bible instructs us to cast down 
thoughts and imaginations, and we're going to look at that in a moment, to try to override uh, the Word of God that we know to be true. And you've got to understand, every word that you know to be true is going to be challenged by your enemy. He's coming to see, not do you just know it, but do you believe it? So when you declare what God has said about an issue, you are dealing with it. You capture those wrong thoughts, and you keep your mind free and clear of the devil's lies. And again, if you're willing to be honest in here, how many of y'all would, uh, be, can honestly say you get negative thoughts that are contrary to the Word of God every day? How many people are willing to say multiple times throughout the day? How many people are willing to admit all day every day? I, I, my hand is up. You know, it's all kind of stuff. Come. You, you don't need to pass it. Why are you pass, wasting your time? People, die. all kind of stuff comes through my head. You could be doing this. You could be doing all day long. Right? And if you don't know what to do with that, and let's just say you gather one of those and say, you know what? That's right. What am I doing, Pastor, in this church? Then now Satan has got you off your purpose. He'll tell you stuff about your spouse. And if you grab that, yeah, maybe I should look for somebody else. And how many of you know that's a lie from the pit of hell? Right? You're in covenant with that person. All right, watch this. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> I'm going to go through this very quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. It says, for though I walk in the flesh, I do not war according to the flesh. So, though I walk in the natural, how many of you know I don't war in the natural? You've got to understand that, folks. We don't fight people. People are not your problem. Thoughts are your problems. Are you all listening out there? All right. People are not your problem. So, he says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We've already defined what strongholds are. I like what I heard. Kenneth Copeland defines stronghold as a demonically induced pattern of thinking. I thought that was really good. It says, casting down arguments or thoughts and imaginations. And this word casting down here literally means, how many of y'all have ever been fishing? I used to love going fishing as a kid. I probably still love fishing. We just don't do it that much. But I used to love going fishing as a kid. We go every week. And so how many of you know you've got to cast that rod into the water? Well, what he's talking about here is don't reel it back in. Once you cast it, leave it out there. All right? Casting down thoughts and arguments and imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So notice what the reasoning thoughts and arguments are coming against, the Word of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So notice, you cannot revenge or vindicate yourself from disobedience until your obedience is fulfilled. So let me give you an example of that in my personal life, because this is something I give God all the glory for. You know, there's a, and I learned this yesterday, even not learned it, but I noticed it in praying for the men on yesterday. How I many of you know there'll be a demonically induced pattern of thinking that'll be formed in your, gener in your family? 
And you'll see it in your grandfather, you'll see it in your father, and then before you know it, you're acting just like them. So if you look at my family, you'll see that my grandfather was an alcoholic and a womanizer and a partier and hanging out everywhere. Then you look at my father, alcoholic, womanizer, hanging out everywhere. Then you look at me all the way up to the age of 22, womanizer, not an alcoholic, but, but got to drink every weekend to have some fun. Some of y'all out there know what I'm talking about. But definitely a womanizer, all of these things, right? So this is a generational curse of wrong thinking in my family that believes it has the right to visit every generation. And what you'll see, each generation was getting worse and worse. My father was worse than my grandfather. And then I was getting ready to be worse than my father. And so at some point at 22, I said, you know what? I'm not getting ready to relive my grandfather's life or my father's life over again. And I made a decision, you know, to really break this thing in my life. And I said, you know what? I'm getting ready to give God four years of my life, and I'm getting ready to recondition myself, bring down all of these strongholds, change the way I think, and become what no one else in my family has ever been able to do. And I made a decision. I'm not going to another club. I'm not sleeping with another female, and I'm not drinking nothing else. And the next time I sleep with someone will be my wife on my wedding night. To make a long story short, if you want to be free, you can be free. Because listen to me, folks, it is now 26 years later that I have not been in a club, not had a drink, and have not violated the opposite sex in 26 years. What am I telling you, folks? When Jesus sets you free and you want to be free, you will be free indeed. You don't have to go back to any destructive behaviors. You don't have to go back to any bondage. The strongholds have already been broken. We have to make a decision to walk in what we've been freed from. That's right. You know, the Word of God tells us that His Word is like a, sharp, a, a sharpened sword. It's sharper, in fact, that is what He says. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, mm-hmm. able to tear asunder the very bone from the marrow. Yeah. So it has power, but it only has the power that you will give it because mm-hmm. you're a free moral agent in the earth. Yeah. So when he says allowing the word to be a weapon, you have to know and condition yourself to utilize that weapon on a daily basis so that the thing that you use, the word that you use to become free, you just don't pick it up and then stop. Right. I'm free now. It's done. Because I'm telling you, that enemy, he's on the other side of that door, knocking. Yeah. He's just waiting for an opportunity to slip in. Opportunity. Yep. Yep. That's all he's doing. He's crouching down, waiting on a better opportunity to come right back at you in the same area. In fact, let me read to you in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 24, I believe. He's talking about, this is Jesus talking, and he's talking about this unclean spirit. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man... He walketh through dry places, seeking rest, finding none. He saith, I'll return to my house from whence I came. And when he comes, he finds that the house is swept clean. In other words, the unclean spirit is gone, but he's still out there. Right. And if you didn't But when he come that, back to that house, yeah, good. he finds now that the house is clean. Yeah. He's not doing that no more. He's not womanizing no more. Yeah. He's not drinking no more. Yeah. He's not lying no more. Yeah. He's not skipping work and doing all these other things anymore. And then he says, then he goes and he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. The issue was not the clean house. The issue is that the house was just that clean. 
It wasn't refurnished, That's rehabilitated, good. reconditioned. That's good. So the same thing you do to become come out of that thing is the same thing you got to do to stay out. That's good. That's good. A police officer don't go out to work one day because the economy is up and says, well, I don't need my gun today. I don't need my taser. I don't need my baton. I don't need none of that today. He don't do that. Does he? Do, 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 is there a, a day that he goes to work and he decides he don't? Because conditions are nice and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, folks, you have a real enemy. He has that weapon every yeah. single day. Yeah. We're ready to wield it. Yeah. Folks, you have a real enemy. And if you don't take this serious, he's trying to take you out, your children out, your children's children out. He's waging war against you. Can I be completely transparent with you all? See, he wants this marriage so that he can open my children up, right? So he can have a free shot at my children, right? And if I'm not on my job every single day, folks, then I'll give him a way to get in. Can I be completely transparent with you all? I've been free for 26 years, but the enemy talks to me about that area. He's been talking to me for 26 straight years. You're not really free. You see that girl over there? You've been doing this for 25 years. One time ain't going to hurt you. And guess what? There's nothing I can do as his wife no, to shield him from that. No. I can't protect him from other women. That's right. It's not my job to wield a sword and, right. and stand in front of him. That's right. That's right. Ain't nobody going to get my man. That ain't going to help you. Your, your man got to be saying, ain't nobody going to get me. I'm keeping all them hussies off of my man. I ain't letting nobody get near my man. You can't be around him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But catch this, because the, the thought starts real small. When he says casting down every imagination, every thought that tries to excel itself above the knowledge of Christ, the enemy has a way of making those things look small before you're engaged. But once you're engaged, he tends to blow that thing up. So I could start by thinking, he don't appreciate me. Mm, little subtle stuff. I could start by thinking, he takes me for granted. And then after a while, I'm thinking, you know what? Then I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Then this here and that. And this here and that. He don't deserve this. And he don't deserve that. And now I'm pushing him away while he's dealing with what he's got to deal with every single day. Now I'm thirsty. Now I'm thirsty. Spent months, Kev. I don't know what's going on, man. And then here comes Sister Do-Right. Come on, we preaching better than you all saying amen. Now I'm traveling through a dry and thirsty land where no water is because she's been thinking a certain way. Finish that thought, man. And so now the enemy got me in my corner, and it started with a small thought that I embraced, and now it's conjuring up behavior, habits on my end. I'm not aware of what he's dealing with, mm. so he's in his corner mm. now conjuring, thinking about and mm. boring off thoughts she, that he's battling she with. She don't want to be with me. She ain't touched me in months. What's she up she to? She ain't told What's me I look good And now months. we have pitted each other as our own enemies. Yeah. But every time When I the go word to of the God, camp. when you know it says that we became one flesh. Yeah. So what I'm, I'm thinking, he should be able to hear. And whatever yeah. he's thinking, I should be able to listen to. Mm. And we both embrace it to war that thing together. Yeah. Because scripture tells us that 
uh, that a three-strand cord is not easily broken. Mm. So when I got his back and he's got my back, the enemy can come where he wants to. But we got each other at the end of the day. Well, we act like we're united. Good. That's good. That's why I've been faithful for, <laughs> for 18 years, going on 19 this year. That, that woman just knows how to make me feel like a man. Number three, renewing your mind is the third key to breaking addictive habits and strongholds. Renewing your mind. You all know this, so we're going to hit this real quick. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Let me say this about it before I read it. Spending time meditating on the Word of God so that you can transform the way you think and perceive life. A lot of times we just look at life wrong because we think wrong. I don't know if I want to be married. Well, what are you going to do then? What's the other alternatives? See, his thoughts get in there, all kind of stuff. I, we're married. I'm not sure if I want to stay married. Well, what's the alternative? Thoughts come in. I think people are born male and female. And they have experiences throughout life and thoughts. And somebody exposed them to something, put something in their head. I'm not sure if I'm male or female. It's an easy way to be sure. Just go to the restroom and look at yourself. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. If you stand up to use the restroom, you are a male. If you sit down, you are a female. Now let me just get my thinking in line with what I am. Come on, folks. So it's real simple. And so something, there's a, 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 a demonically induced pattern of thinking that has all, so many of our youth confused today. You go out to the mall today, Lenox Mall, you don't know what's what. Am I right or wrong? And so as a father, I'm always defining my children. You are a male growing up to be a man that will marry a woman someday and have your own family. Hello, somebody. You are a young lady growing up to be a woman that will marry a man someday and have your own family. Always defining who they are. Listen to this. The world may have told you that retaliating against someone who has hurt you or wronged you is acceptable. But the word will tell you to love your enemies. And how many of you know now you've got a choice to make? If you have a habit of cussing people out who make you mad and seeking revenge, how many of you know you need to change? Break that bad habit by renewing your mind with God's word. Slowly but surely as you begin to think differently, your responses and your reactions will change. Romans chapter 12, and then you elaborate on it. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Notice that's a form of worship. Every time I have been, every day that I, I am faithful to my wife and children, I'm worshiping God. 
because I'm presenting my body as a living sacrifice. Every day I don't drink, every day I don't smoke, every day I don't lie, every day I don't cuss. How many know I'm worshiping God with my body? Because I'm presenting it to him as a living sacrifice. Every day I eat right. Every day I exercise. Exercise is a part of my worship because I'm glorifying God with my body. All right? Watch what he says. I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, which means to fashion oneself according to this world, but be ye transformed, which means metamorpho, which is where we get our word metamorphosis. It means to change or to transfigure by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. So that you can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for your life. So notice, you can't get to the perfect will of God for your life until you make a decision about your body and your mind. See, he mentioned earlier that a lot of times our bad thinking comes from an environmental inheritance where we're conditioned to think a certain way because that's the way mama thought, that's the way grandmama thought, that's the way great-grandmama thought, that's the way all the aunties thought, that's just the way my family do things. Not understanding that that behavior, as subtle as it may be, ends up being very toxic. And so if we don't exchange our worldly thinking the way mama and them used to do things and the way mama and them used to think about things and the way mama and them used to respond to things, then we will find our, if we don't do that, then we'll find ourselves entrenched in a behavior and wondering why now, because every generation gets worse, why now if everything we desire seems to repel against us. Mm. See, understanding that when First, when Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 2, when he says to be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that means to think differently than what you thought before. So when I, you know, I was a person, if I can be just very transparent, growing up, I was a very insecure child. I was a very, very insecure child. So my insecurities were made manifest by if I thought you were disrespecting me, oh, we going toe to toe. For real, I'm going to make sure you know and understand that you will not get away with what I perceive to be disrespect. So cussing somebody out, I had a Ph.D. Whoa. Fighting, I had gotten to a place where I wouldn't fight girls. I would only fight guys. And I took pride in that, not realizing and understanding that all I was doing was demonstrating my own insecurities. Right. Then Jesus comes along. Yes. Somebody tell me I need to learn his word, yes. that I need to... Slow down and back up with all that. He tells him when we, when we meet, you seem like you have a chip on your shoulder. Because you did. I wasn't lying to you. I wasn't lying to you. It's all this attitude about. I'm approaching you. Calm that down a little bit. Take that down a few notches. First Peter chapter 3 Verse, I think it's right around verse 8 or so. He says, finally, brethren, after he got through talking about the workplace, after he got through talking about family, after he got through talking about uh, uh, society and the government, and after he gets through talking about husband and wife, he says, finally, brethren, be pitiful and courteous towards uh, one another. Yeah. Not rendering evil for evil, nor railing for railing, but contrary-wise, yeah. a blessing. Yeah. Understand that hereunto were you called, yeah. so that you could inherit a blessing. Now, that means first, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 is very well well enforced here because we got to think contrary to what the world says because I'll be doggone someone seems to have disrespected me and you want me to be a blessing to them? Right. (laughs) 
And I'm being transparent, the blessings start out just by not saying anything. <laughs> Be like, you know what? And you know, you meditate on what you woulda, coulda, and shoulda said all day long. <laughs> but then he goes on to say, for he that will love life and see good days, check this out, let him refrain his tongue from evil, that his lips speak no guile. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Who is he that will harm you? He didn't say that, he didn't say retaliate it, defend it. He said do evil. And evil could be anything that's outside of who he is. That's right. Who is he that will harm you if you be doers of that which is good? good. Yes. Then he goes on to say, uh, Paul further reiterates in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. And I'll just pick up at verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And we tend to spend a whole lot of time thinking about what happened to us, who did this to us, right. what happened to us, right. who did this to us. And we, we focus on what's wrong with the situation. Right. And when we focus on what's wrong, and it's innate in human nature because when our mind was elevated above our spirit, we tend to focus on fixing what's wrong. So it comes from a genuine place where the enemy gets in there, he perverts it where that becomes our goal, aim, and focus, and our way of living. And now we're focused on that, and all we see is bad. So guess what we're majoring on? What's bad? We're saying what's bad. We're repeating what's bad. We're meditating on what's bad. And all we see when it pipes up is what's bad. Mm. Talking about transforming your mind. So then what we create around us, if that's all we're speaking, seeing and responding to. But he says here, if it's good, if it's lovely, there be any virtue, there be any praise, think on on these things. So shifting your focus on, okay, yeah, maybe he seemed to have slipped up and not be a great communicator. But you know what? He always comes home. He doesn't say no when I need him to cook, pick up the kids. Focusing on the good, you're repeating the good, you're responding to the good. Before you know it, your good is outweighing your bad. That's so good. See, in our marriage, we don't have a perfect marriage at all. We have disagreements, deflections, but what makes it good is we choose to focus on the good because at the end of the day, 90% of it is good. But what the enemy wants to do is make you focus on the 10%. That's not good. And mess your whole marriage up. Okay? Write down these two scriptures and we're going to close for the day. I just want you to have them. Uh, they're kind of complementary scriptures. Write down uh, 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 11, which is encur- it encourages us to abstain from sensual urges, the evil desires and passions of the flesh, your lower nature, as she just referred to, that war against your soul. You've got to understand your flesh is your enemy. It doesn't want to work out. It doesn't want to eat right. It's lazy. Come on, somebody. It is your enemy. And if you don't wage war against it, it'll take you out before you need to be taken out. Write down Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, in this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Then notice it says, stand fast then and do not be hampered and led and uh, ensnared and submit again 
to a yoke of slavery, which you were once freed from. So notice, if you don't have a determination to stand every single day, it's easy to go back to where you came from. And I can prove it in this room. How many of y'all were freed from something and found yourself right back in it? That's because you didn't make a decision. There are areas of my life, folks, that if I don't get up every day and do the same thing, I'll go right back to them. Can I just be transparent? Sometimes I just want to see what it's like to go to a club. My lower nature. Okay, see, y'all don't want to. I'm in the wrong room today. Anybody here willing to be honest? I just want to see what's out there now, what's happening. And that, these kind of thoughts come all the time, right? There are people in this room right now. I just saw one of them, trainers at the gym, people at the gym, people at the gym all the time. You know, honestly, that's an area of my life. The opposite sex, if I don't keep an eye on that every day, there's one situation at the gym which made all the males ask me to do a men's Bible study. There's one female in there. She was just aggressive. And every time she'd come. Who is she? She already know. Every time she's in there, I kiss her, hit her on the butt. I flirt with her the whole time she's in the gym. But, but this one particular, every time she comes, what I try to do is avoid, go out the way, head in a different Every now and then, she situate herself where I had nowhere to go. And she say, how you doing? I say, I'm doing great. She said, how's everything going? It's going great. It's just, you know, I had a busy weekend. My wife, me and her, we did some things on Friday night. My son's got this on Saturday. My daughter's got that. And then we got church on Sunday. And so it's, it's just a busy weekend. Oh. But how many of y'all know, you've got to know yourself. If you play around with stuff like that and flirt with stuff like that, come on, somebody. You're going to find yourself in something you can't get yourself out of. Right? As a result of that, all the guys saw that. They were like, man, can you do a men's Bible study here at the gym? One of them we just had come and do our uh, Christmas, um, uh, catered our Christmas luncheon. And so all these guys at the gym now are flocking because a man is standing up and leaving females alone and honoring his wife. Yeah. I told one, as God is my witness, I said, that, that makes no sense. Number one, I'd never hurt God. Number two, I wouldn't hurt my wife. Number three, I wouldn't hurt my children. That makes no sense to entertain conversations that lead nowhere. Can't play with it, folks. You all get anything out of this today? Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to just take a few minutes here, and we want to pray. I'll pray for the males in this room. My wife will pray for the females. Everyone stand to their feet. And we want you to just either grab hands if you're comfortable with the person that's next to you. You don't have to, or you can just lift your hands in the air. And we're going to pray against all bad habits, destructive behaviors, strongholds. We're going to pray against those right now. We're going to pray, but that's the only start. How many of you know that's the, that's the starting point? You've got to do what we just instructed you today to maintain freedom in those areas. Let's pray. Father, I pray for every male in this room today, Father, that every bad habit will be reversed with a good habit. I come against every stronghold, every demonically induced pattern of thinking, Father, and every husband's life, every father's life, every male's life in this room. I come against pornography, wrong friendships, Father, 
anything that would try to take them away from your purpose in, your, in their lives and your word being true in their lives, Father. I come against it and take authority over it now, and I declare that they're free from it, Father, and they replace it with good habits of spending time in your word, spending time in prayer with a heart to obey your word, Father. There'll be people that allow the word to be the final authority in their lives. They'll learn how to use that word as a weapon and cast down strongholds. They'll stand in the victory every single day that you provided for them. They'll get up daily and do the things that they need to do to be free on that day. And there will be a constant renewing of their mind, Father, where they never stop growing in you. They never stop changing, and they never stop getting better in Jesus' name for every male in this room. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for yeah. every woman, every daughter of yours, Father. I pray right now that, and thank you that your word reigns true in their lives. You said if Jesus be lifted up, you would draw all people. So, Father, I pray that they are influencers in their communities, that any stronghold, any wrong negative thinking, any demonic influence, any, any familiar spirit that tries to render its head and its way into their lives and into their thinking is denounced, declared null and void and ineffective in their lives right now. Father, I pray that though they are influencers in the community, they are not held in subjection and in bondage to the thoughts of what other people think. I pray right now that they walk in the liberty and the freedom that the blood of Jesus has purchased for them, that they are not held bondage to fear, to loneliness, to, to, to thoughts of, out, of the outside world, Father, but they walk confident in the, in, the, in the woman that you've created them to be. They realize their worth in the earth, Father, and you confirm it in them. Father, I pray that laborers, that other people are sowing seeds of love and of truth into their lives. And that word that is sown into their life, it germinates and produces, Father. It produces a, har a, a harvest of love, a harvest of confidence, a harvest of faith, Father, and a harvest of grace towards others, Father, whereby they are secure in who they are in you. Yes. And, Father, as a result of that, Father... You show them to be strong, and you show yourself to be strong in their lives, where they suffer no lack, Father, no lack. They come to know their daddy as truly that, their daddy, Father, yes. that no man can replace. Yes. So any stronghold, any addictive behavior, Father, anything that's not conducive to you, your will, I just pray right now that they walk free in it, in Jesus' name, amen, and so be. Amen. And if you believe that today, can we give God a freedom shout in here today? Come on, let's give God a victory freedom shout. Hallelujah! 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 Come on, give God a freedom shout in here. Come on, give him a victory shout in here. And I want you to listen to me. Don't let Satan have your marriage. Don't let him have your family. Don't let him have your children. Don't let him have your single life. Don't let him have your career. Come on, somebody. Don't let him have an ounce or an inch of victory in any area of your life. Make a decision today to take a stand. And anything in your life that you know did not come from God, fight against it every single day. And stand in the victory that God has provided for you. Hallelujah. 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 Everybody look up here at me for a moment. If you're in this building today, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. What a wonderful invitation. What a wonderful opportunity you have today to make a change. You cannot win God's way on Satan's terms. So if you're here today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life by confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ